Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Brother Dustin, you want to lead us? <clears throat> Revelation 21. Finally moving to another section this morning. Talked about verses 1 through 8 in the past several weeks. And boy, we've come a long way through this end time study over the last four years. We've come through a lot. Let's read... Um, well, let's read 1 through 8 again. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is Revelation 21, by the way. <clears throat> I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, <clears throat> the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away and he that sat upon the throne said behold I make all things new and he said unto me write for these words are true and faithful and he said unto me it is done I am alpha and omega the beginning and the end, I will give unto him that is a, a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Um, who remembers exactly what we were talking about last time when we stopped? Anybody? We kind of talked about, now we've talked about all this. Um, we, we talked about verse 4. We talked about God wiping the tears away. and <clears throat> We talked about these things being made new. We talked about um, he that overcometh. That's not a works-based salvation. And a lot of people use that. We, we discussed that. You look at 1 John 5, 5 and... He'll tell you who he's talking about, those that overcome, is those that accept Christ as their Savior. doesn't have anything to do with works. And we talked about verse 8, and that's the last thing that we talked about. And we talked about our standing with God. Um, and I wondered, you know, we had, we had gotten all this out of the way. We'd gotten all the death. We'd gotten the tribulation. We'd got the, the final revolt. We'd got the great white throne judgment. All that's gone. <clears throat> and all these things John's seeing, a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem, God wiping all the tears away. And then he sticks verse 8 in there again. And he talks about the fearful and unbelieving and all those which will go to the lake of fire. And when I read that, I wondered why. Why put that in there? Anybody remember what we said? That's about the last thing we talked about. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear I want, yeah, I th I, that's what I think. I mean, now we don't know, but all the death and all that's gone. You start talking about these new things, and then you stick a, another one in there. And I think it speaks to God's long-suffering. He is not willing that any should perish. Um, and he's got that in there. Make sure you're not one of these. And we talked about our standing in Christ. We talked about Ephesians and what it says about us, Ephesians 1 says a lot. Um, we talked about 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. It lists all these things. 
Paul does, deceivers, fornicators, idolaters. And it says, and such were some of you, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. You were those things, but you're not anymore by the blood of Christ. So that's what we talked about. So now we're going to move into this. Can you hear this morning? I may need you this morning. Okay. <laughs> I could just let you come up here and do this because I'm going to use your notes. You didn't bring your cheat sheet? Okay. All right. That's fine. Let's read a little bit. Well, we're not going to read a little bit. We're going to read the rest of the chapter. This is what we'll get into now. It's a lot of verses. I don't know how much commentary there's going to be on them. We'll see. Verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. What's he talking about there? We've already talked about that. What are these vials that he's talking about? So as we went through the tribulation, we saw these different things happening. We saw seals being broke open and events taking place. And inside those seals, we saw trumpets being blown and things would take place. And inside those trumpets, we saw vials opened up, which were the worst. None of it was good, <laughs> but the vials were the worst. So one of those angels, and, and I don't know what to say about that except to say, I find it interesting that one of these angels that held one of those vials is coming to John now to talk about this. He says, It came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying, Come hither and I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, and on the north three gates. On the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed twelve thousand furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, and hundred and forty-four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel, and the building. Oh, I'm sorry, I lost my place. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second sapphire the third i listened to somebody pronounce this this morning i done forgot it <laughs> chalcedony i think is how he said it the fourth an emerald the fifth sardonyx the sixth sardius the seventh 
chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth a topaz, the tenth a chrysoprasus, the eleventh a jacinth, the twelfth an amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth, very interesting, do bring their glory and honor into it. And the, gates of the, uh, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Okay, a lot. Sees a city. I got to find my place in my notes this time. He sees a city coming down from God out of heaven, this new Jerusalem. One of these angels brought him and showed him this great city. It says it had the glory of God. What does that mean? I'm going to skip that. What does it mean the city had the glory of God? Well, first of all, do you think this is a real city? Yeah, there's a lot of people that that symbolize this whole passage. I think it's real. So what does it mean the city had the glory of God? Like the splendor of God, okay? So whatever we're going to look at here with regard to this city... It's glorious. And you can tell. Some of these stones, I I don't even know what they are. And some of these stones, from what I can tell, what I've read, may be true, may not be true, aren't exactly the stones we know today. Or at least their appearance is not. We know that by at least one of these precious stones, metals we'll look at a little bit. Mm, that's true. Yep. Amen. That's right. No. Just for example, we've talked about it in the last couple of classes. When you think about gold, what, you think, what do you think about? You think about this thing that has kind of a yellowish tint. But this says pure gold is tr- as clear as it's transparent. See right through it. By the way, it says the same thing about jasper. How do you know the difference? <laughs> so... I mean, we're not going to be able to understand some of this. And I think there's probably some things here uh, that this alludes to that, you know, I I won't even find. I don't even know. I've seen people bring stuff out of this. I never never saw myself. But 
You know, Jesus said in John 14, 3, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Is this that place? I go and prepare a place for you. Is this it? Maybe, probably. (laughs) So let's take note, I'm sorry, let's take note of a few things here. It says in verse 10, he saw the holy Jerusalem. The city is described as holy. How can that be? We've talked about this a couple of different times, but. How can, a, how can a city be described as holy? How can walls and buildings and things like that be holy? He's talking about the characteristics of the people in it. We know a city by the characteristics of the people. When you say, we've talked about this again, when you say New Orleans is a Sinful, evil city. Are the buildings sinful? No. What are we talking about? We're talking about the characteristics of what we hear coming out of there. And this is what this is. It's holy. There's a holy people that will, that will live in it. It says it had the glory of God in verse 11. And her light was like a stone most precious, most precious even like a jasper stone clear as crystal. And had a great wall. I want to read a couple of verses and then talk about this. And had a great wall, had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. A lot there. A lot. What this city coming down, there's different opinions and, and things on what shape it takes. It says that the length and the height and the breadth are equal. So what shape is it? Square? Cube? What's the difference in a square and a cube? I have a little geometry class this morning. (laughs) Just three dimensions, yeah. So, some people say it's a cube. That's not the only... That's not the only object where length, width, and height can be equal. What's another one? (laughs) He's done a lot of study on this. That's why if he gave every answer, nobody else would be stumped. Anybody think of another... Object in which length, width, and height are, could, can be equal? Or is that it? 
Nobody wants to talk this morning. How about a pyramid? I didn't say a triangle. What's the difference in a triangle and a pyramid? <laughs> Two-dimensional, three-dimensional. Pyramid, yes. Length, width, height, all the same. Can be, all the same. Should be in the right kind of pyramid. So there's debate over what shape this is. And what difference does this make? Not really any, but we're studying the, the Word of God here. So, Is it a pyramid? Or is it a cube? Anybody got any thoughts? Okay. It says four square. Hold that thought one second. Anybody got any other thoughts? That was too fast. Ever thought of this? Probably not. All right, it says it's four square. What does that mean? <laughs> I agree. The Bible says it's four square. Who knows what four square means? Okay, 1,500 miles square. Yeah, we'll get there in just a second. That's right. Or real close. But what does four square mean? Regardless of talking about the New Jerusalem, what is something that's four? If something is four square, what is it? <laughs> yeah, but what does four square mean? <laughs> Mr. David, what does four square mean? What's that? Well, from the best I can tell, four square means four angles that are the same. Four right angles. Okay? What's a right angle? <laughs> Too much math this morning. A 45 Chris said that a right angle is a 45 degree angle. Chris Wilburn said, <laughs> of Pontotoc, Mississippi, he will never answer another question now. 90 degrees, you're very close, just half. You was half off. Mr. David, what happens if you build a house where the angles are 45 degrees? <laughs> and I could ask, David, but there's our engineer. I mean, he's planning the thing. Yeah, we're gonna have, we're gonna have, yeah, yeah. We might have a little problem. <laughs> four square, four square angles. Now, I don't know, and it doesn't matter. But I mean, hey, we're talking about it. So, the best I can tell, I mean, there's other, there's other proof. I'll talk about in just a second. I think, but. When you talk about four square angles, I think, I think it, when it says it's four square, the best I can tell it's referring to the base. That's the best I can tell. I may be wrong about that. But if we're talking about a pyramid, how many angles are the base of a... I'm asking too many math questions this morning. Mr. David is loving this, but I don't know about anybody else. How many angles is the base of a pyramid? 
three. So it's not four. So even if it's not 90 degrees, it's not four angles that are the same. There's only be, there would only be three. So four right angles, I think it's got to be. It's got to be a cube. Also, the Bible says, uh, let me find it, because there was a lot. In verse 13, it's talking about these different directions. North, south, east, and west. And it says on the east are three gates, and on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. I think just common sense is going to tell us that that lays out like a cubicle structure. You can't really do that with a triangle. You would have nine gates. Now, if you had four, you could do that, four, eight, twelve. But it says there are three. Three on the north, three on the south, three on the east, three on the west. So I think that lays out most most common sense sensical approach to this, I think, is a cube. Um, I'll, I'll come back to it because I, I feel like we probably should look at this a little bit. When we talk about this cube, cube, and in verse 18... The end of the verse says the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. I don't know about this. Um, The length, the breadth, and the height. I mean, if I had a box, if I had a cubicle box that I was sitting here measuring, I wouldn't have a problem. I wouldn't, I don't say a problem. I don't mean I got a problem with the Bible. Confounds me a little bit, though. If I had this little box that was a cube, I mean, I could measure the length and the width and the height. And here's here's my box. But when he measures length and width, that's not a problem. Length and width. But what is what is he measuring when he measures height? Unless this is wrapped up, I mean, he hasn't measured the wall yet. So he's given us these dimensions of the city, but he has not measured the wall yet. Now, it may be wrapped up in it, but I don't know. So when you think about this city and you think about it being cubicle shaped, that's not a problem, but it's in me thinking that the walls... Or the height. But if he hadn't measured the walls yet, what is the height? Have you ever thought about this? Yeah, but what is he measuring? What is what is the height? If he hasn't measured the wall, and the wall is not what he's talking about being 15,000 miles high, or 1,500 miles high. What is he talking about? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm probably spending a little bit too much time with this. but He's measuring the city apart from the walls. So we're not counting the walls here. We may not be. I'll probably just shoot. I'm going to move on after this. Well... 
in verse, he's, he's given us all these measurements. And then in verse 17, which we haven't got to yet, it says, and he measured the wall thereof. Now, it's possible that he rolls the height of the wall into that, these verses that we're talking about. That's the dimension we're given. That's what I'm saying. Now, some of these drawings you see, and, and we can't know what it looks like. I mean, you've got some things I've seen. You've got this little bitty wall, and you've got like a staircase going up to the throne. And it doesn't matter. I'm just having you think a little bit. Yes, yes. The tallest thing in the city is 1,500 miles high is what some representations of it I have seen depict. Most representations are talking about the height of the wall, which probably makes the most sense. If God wasn't the builder, I would say there's no way there could be a wall that high. So we've got this probably cubical structure that the length and the height and the breadth are equal. And it says that on each side, east, north, west, south, you've got three gates. And these gates, it says every several gate was a pearl. What, is, what does that mean? That's, that wording is a little confusing. Every several gate was a pearl. Do you know what that means? Each individual gate was a pearl. Now, I don't think he measures the gate, the gates as far as I can remember. If he does later, I apologize. I've never seen a pearl this big. These are big. I mean, these gates of these cities, and I mean, you're talking about, so we might as well talk about how long this was, how wide, how long, how high. It says it was four square, and it says it was measured 12,000 furlongs. That does you no good if you don't know what a furlong is. But like Johnny's already told us, the closest we can tell is about, about 1,500 miles wide and long and high, whatever that means. Now, to give you some perspective, 1,500 miles wide and long and high. Now, Mr. David gave me some notes I am going to use, and, and he says something a little bit different. He says that the distance from New Orleans to Detroit is 1,074 miles. It's not even 1,500. And that's a long way. From here, I was looking up just a few minutes ago, I thought about it. From here to Salt Lake City, Utah is almost right at 1,500 miles. That's the biggest city I could find to to plant it. Now, driving in a car, that's a little over 25 hours. What about walking? Anybody got any idea? 
A couple of days? Yeah. <laughs> About 22 days. And you've just walked the length of it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to give us a picture here. It's big. We tend to think of this. Not A lot of times we don't give any thought to it. 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. Okay. I've got it miles from from Mr. David. I'm going to cite my source a couple of times. So we can do that math at some point. But yeah, that's a lot. I heard one person say that it's basically from the east coast of the United States to Chicago from Canada to Mexico. One city. huge and a lot of people are like you know you probably never heard this but I mean you study this and you'll find some of these people how is some how is one city going to be big enough to hold all these people just like they do with the ark how could the ark hold all them animals how could it hold all the coyotes and all the dogs I mean all the golden retrievers and I'm like so we've already talked about that I won't get off on that but Talking about what Jane was talking about and some of these figures that Mr. David so graciously gave me so I didn't have to do it. A furlong is about 660 feet. 12,000 furlongs is going to be 1,500 miles wide and long and high. That's the city. The base area, the the base of it, 1,500 by 1,500 is 2.25 million square miles. So, and I like what what he did here. If you think about it as a high-rise, which the the Empire State Building has 183 floors. But just for simplicity's sake, if you think about it as a high-rise, when you think about the living space of this this city, if you think about it as a high-rise, where each floor is a furlong, you would have a total capacity... Of 27 trillion square miles. That means nothing to you. (laughs) 27 trillion square miles. Now I'm talking about people saying that this city cannot be big enough to hold the people that are going to live in it. So the Bible is not true. That's what I've heard. That's what I've read. 27 trillion square miles. Remember that number and I've got to go a little bit faster. When you think about the Earth's surface, I know this is a lot of science, and I love it, but most people don't. The Earth's surface, uh, anybody know how much of it is covered in water? About 70% covered in water that we can't really live, live on. So when you think about the capacity of, of the Earth, as far as human beings are concerned, then you're looking at... 56.6 million square miles compared to 27 trillion 
square miles in this city. If you look at the if you look at the population of the earth, which is about 7.8 billion, and you divide that by 56.6 million, which is the land that we can actually live on, you come up with about 137 people per square mile. So not counting the water, the earth can, I don't know the word, not, I guess contains, okay, about 137 people per square mile. Now, Tokyo, and I didn't know this, Tokyo, which is the largest city on earth, has a popula- population of 37 million people occupying only 5,194 square miles. So they yield about 7,000 people per square mile. So here's the bottom line. These people that say it, it can't hold it, there's no way that it can hold it. If you look at those numbers, then the best I can tell, looking at what the earth could possibly hold when compared to the largest city, Tokyo, what it holds, there could be up to 400 billion people occupy this city without any problem. 400 billion. So I think we'll be okay. (laughs) So just in case you hear this, you run across this, like I say, like they do with the ark, the city can't be big enough. The Bible's not true. It's impossible. They just don't know what they're talking about. God knows what he's doing. He's made this thing the right size. And we've only talked about the math of it, which a lot of people, we're done with that. But it's a big city. Don't get lost in just reading 1,500, you know, 12,000 furlongs. Well, I don't know what that means, so I won't think about it. Well, sometimes we need to think about these things. It's huge. Do I think 400 billion people will be in heaven? I, I don't, but I have no idea. <laughs> in heaven or in this city? Are we talking about just this city with these numbers? Or are we talking about the new earth? And this is just the city. This is not even the new earth that was made. Don't forget that. Now I know a lot of, and we talked about that last time. A lot of people equate the new Jerusalem with heaven. The new Jerusalem is not heaven. It's a city coming down to the new earth from heaven, out from God, out of heaven. All right, well, that kind of stuff really interests me. Next time, we'll talk about some of these stones. And some of them I don't know what are. No, nobody I can read knows what some of these are. We'll talk about what this is made out of. And there is some comparison here with the Ark of the Covenant and the breastplate that the priest wore and some things there. Um, I don't know how much of that I go along with, but some of it is probably there. Um, So we'll talk about that next time. Terrence, you want to dismiss?